0: Welcome, Patriots. This episode of Raven's Radar is not going to disappoint. It's going to be ready for a general admission audience. I'll let you guys stew on that one for a minute. If it's in your sights, it's on my radar. We'll be airborne shortly. Welcome, patriots, to this episode of Ravens Radar. We are going to do something we haven't done before. We are bringing real military might to the table today. I am so excited, you guys. You don't even know my my military uh, senses are all tingling because we've got some we've got some power coming. We're going to be having uh, an incredible guest today. But first I wanna take you through what's going on, a little bit of what's going on in the world. I wanna hit on what we've got at the top of our our pecking order right now. We have the classified document scandal that just keeps growing, growing. It is basically a dumpster fire that keeps sucking the air uh, into it. It, We're gonna call it Biden gate for those paying attention at home. So more classified documents found with President Biden. And it, you know, guys don't even realize how hard I'm working to not put president in air quotes. You know what, I'm gonna do it anyway, with President Biden. So let's, um, let's get into it. This has started as, what started as there were documents in one place has now been documents multiple places, but they were secure because they were next to his vintage Corvette. Um, Hunter lived there. But only for a little bit. And he paid rent, so it's okay. Uh, it's just, it's a ridiculous, and it's okay. My favorite, my personal favorite, it's okay by the left because President Trump had more. You know, guys, this is not an uh, is she a little pregnant deal? You are or you aren't. So now we found this in Wilmington, his residence in Wilmington. We found it at the, the think tank in U Penn. And here's what it basically boils down to, is right is right and wrong is wrong. And the end does not justify the means. This was a dangerous game the left was playing with President Trump being in office where they wanted to impeach over nothing. They wanted to try him over nothing. They wanted to rail him and just highlight every single thing he did. He went to McDonald's, oh yeah. So we have been through this now you know, it's, it shouldn't be the turnabout is fair play, but we are basically in this section now where people have lost their humanity. They have lost their integrity to the ones that are saying, well, it's okay because, um, you know, Biden had a little bit and Trump had a lot. They only found a few documents. Okay, well, let's address these in turn. So it doesn't matter whether it's a lot or a little bit. I mean i remember i'm old enough to remember people going crazy because they're like well trump walked out with the nuclear codes guys stop 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 okay president can declassify anything he wants to declassify he worked with the archives on this so people knew about the documents he had and they were in a locked safe from what i understand okay biden was not the president he wasn't a little president he wasn't the president he did not have the authority to declassify the documents that are in his possession. The people who found the documents in his possession are also not authorized and don't have security clearance to be viewing those documents. Another thing you're hearing is, bull. Well, Trump you know, took them and he stuffed them. I said, if you think that President Trump took nuclear codes that were on a post-it note and stuffed them in Melania's underwear drawer, you're an idiot. Just let me go on record of saying that. It didn't happen. Guys, come on. Have you ever heard of a nuclear football? Do you have any idea what the Pentagon does? I do. I had two parents who worked for it. That's a ridiculous, nonsensical story and a good time for you to turn off CNN, okay? It didn't happen. So what I would tell people is to remind people it's protocol and procedure, okay? You can't just store classified documents. They are classified for that reason for a reason now if they've been declassified that's something else but let's also talk about the timing well you know trump had to be raided and uh biden he turned them in voluntarily bull okay where's the bull crap meter okay that is wrong false lie insert whatever term you like it's ridiculous guys come on this is gaslighting. that's not how it works. Okay. It's, they didn't turn it in when they found it. Okay. They are turning it in after the midterms when it wasn't any more of a disaster. But it is a disaster. This is gaslighting, and quite frankly, it's treason. He, this is unacceptable, and we need to be held accountable. There is a reason those documents are classified. There's a reason. That they are supposed to be handled and stored in a certain way. And with 47 years in office, Biden should know that. So let's get back to the real problem of seeing if the Justice Department is actually going to do this or if they've made us listen to a bunch of nonsense. Well, you know what? Better than that, why don't we get on right to the front line? So instead of just talking about what people on the front line and security and high level you know, ranking officials do, why don't we just get to it? We are going to be bringing on the one and only three-star general, General Paul Funk. I am a huge personal fan of General Funk, and he's going to be coming. He's going to be giving us some frontline. You want to know what the frontline war from a general perspective looks like? I'm about to tell you. Stay with us.
1: Make your Yuletide memories huge this Christmas with the tweeter of the free world, Covfefe Table Book, the perfect gift for all seasons. Retweet to a simpler time when our flag had only three colors, schools had two genders, the border was real, and inflation was reserved for party balloons celebrating low crime, low taxes, and affordable food and gas for all. Now you can reminisce over the good old days when our only issues were Russia, fake news, witch hunts, and crooked Hillary. The Tweeter of the free world has all of Trump's greatest tweets, including Benghazi, fake news, Barack Obama, and who could forget Little Rocket Man?
2: But it is much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works.
1: The Kofefi Table Book will be cherished for generations. Relive the greatest tweets of all time by the greatest president of all time. Go to thetweeterofthefreeworld.com now to get your copy for the low price of $39.99
2: make your Christmas great again.
0: Welcome patriots to this episode of Raven's Radar. Did I tell you it was going to be epic? This (laughs) podcast is good for general audiences. I'm gonna let you guys get for that. Today on our show, we have a real treat. As a military brat, the daughter of two retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonels and the wife of a retired Air Force major, I'm telling you this is special because there's a breed that we don't have anymore. They just don't make them like this anymore. And I wanna give Patriots some real hope and some real information from what it was like from somebody who really was on the front line. So it is my pleasure to welcome to Raven's Radar Lieutenant General Paul Funk.
2: Thank you very much, Raven. Great to be here.
0: Great to have you, sir. I am super excited. So for the people who are non-military, we're going to get them up to speed really quick. Okay. You are a Lieutenant General, which is a three-star right. general in the United retired United States Army. You bet. And you have a son, not to be confused with General Paul Funk, who is my son. Your son, who yes. is a four-star, four-star general, takes just... after his mother. <laughs> Obvious. yes, obviously. Obviously. So it is. So that is a, a a legacy and a tradition. I guess we have that in common, don't we, sir? We do. But I really want to tell you, people don't have an idea of what this actually means. So, General from the front line, and you were in. A few wars, you are military bred, so Mm -hmm. give us a little insight into your military career. Sure,
2: Uh, the two combat services that I had, first in Vietnam, was an air cavalry troop commander, 248 uh, soldiers, 27 helicopters of three different kinds. And we fought in war zone C where there weren't any villages, there weren't any friendlies, that was all NVA country and we fought them almost every day. Um, And by the way, at the end of that war, we almost lost our army. Uh, That was a tough, tough time. We rebuilt that army. It took us 15 years. My second combat tour uh, was in Desert Storm, where I was privileged to command the 3rd Armored Division, Spearhead Division, as it was known from World War II days, an armored division. The most powerful formation in the world is the U.S. Army Armored Division. More combat power, 360 main battle tanks, 300 Bradley fighting vehicles, 120 155 howitzers, two uh, troops, or I'm sorry, squadrons of attack helicopters, Apaches in those days. Yes. So we had lots of combat power, 22,533 soldiers, 13% were women. And by the way- 13% were women. Absolutely. And they marched into that desert. We crossed- line of departure into Iraq through that berm from Saudi Arabia, every
0: soldier marched. And that's what we're going to get it, because right now you're giving kryptonite to the guys out there. This is the, and the, the military might in there. What does that mean? Because people say right now, you hear those terms a lot, we're headed for uprising. and bat- What does battle really look like? Tell our patriots what it looked like from the general's perspective going into hostile territory.
2: Well, the first thing is from the general's standpoint, I'll not forget I'd been told this, I'd read this, I'm thinking the night before that we attacked, if we haven't done our job, we the senior guys, the the generals, three of us in the division, and the colonels who commanded the brigades, if we haven't done our job, it's too late. Because our job is to help ready the division, do the planning set the orders and then launch the division. But the real fighters are down at the platoon company, squad level. These are the guys, the young people with the short swords, as we say, who are doing close up fighting. If we didn't do that right, it's too late. The general, now we could still screw it up. Believe me, the generals could, but not the soldiers. And they were magnificent. Nobody has seen a fight. That's the greatest first battle The u.s army has ever fought there's a book called america's first battles for our army 13 of those battles on 11 of them we lost them the other two were bloody victories this was the most overwhelming victory we'd ever had and because there was only because we were so dominant that first battle was the only battle of that war.
0: Well, uh, I gotta ask you this. So you had these, and 13% were women, you had this battle ready, they did their job. Anybody there care about uh, whether it was a man or woman guarding your back? Anybody care about wokeness and political correctness when you were going into the enemy?
2: No, man, absolutely not. In fact, uh, and today, of course, you know, we have women in the combat arms. My grandson, in about three weeks, in February, takes command of a cavalry troop in the 1st Cavalry Division. So it's our third generation. Me, my son, my oldest son, and then my grandson.
0: Oh, Patriots, are you paying attention? If something breaks out, we need to be with General Thug. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's going on in that family.
2: They, they maybe can come rescue us. Uh, <laughs> but but what I was going to say is, I said was talking to him about his tank platoon leader there, and he said, she did this. She, I said, okay, you got to... A woman as a uh, tank platoon leader. Yeah, she's doing great. Uh-huh. There you go. All right. That proves it. So I I really believe that that's correct. And uh, we've come a long ways in that regard. It's a tough racket, a tough business. And you were talking about your mom earlier, who's a retired Air Force officer, and how tough it was for her. Yes. And the people that worked for her and what she expected of them. Those kind of standards is what made our army great at desert storm time.
0: And that's what we need now. And I would like to roll into that into our overall military readiness. Okay. Because this Good. is what we're talking about here. Of uh, We have a lot of conflicting information in the news right now. Sure, The information we have is that Chinese, China, and Russia, all these people are building up their armies. While ours seem to be depleted, demoralized, What does military readiness mean to us in this country?
2: Okay, good. First of all, I, I will tell you that we were probably never as ready as we were at that time, but we put five armored divisions into that fight. We don't even come close to having that many anymore. Because of the wars we fought in the Middle East, we've continued to downsize the force in terms of what we call heavy forces, lots of combat power and so on. So, for instance, uh, we had about 7,000 main battle tanks in the U.S. Army at the time of Desert Storm. Today, we have less than 1,400 in the active force.
0: Are you guys patriots? you getting this? 7,000 at the time that we went into Iraq Mm -hmm. for Desert Storm and Desert Shield. We have less than 1,400 now, right now, today, in 2023.
2: In the active force. Now, we didn't have 7,000 tanks in there, but we had a hell of a lot in the in the force. We had the guard units that were armored divisions too then, see? So what the point I would make is, is that this stuff kind of slips away from you. Now, the second point I'd make is, instead of worrying too much about, I think we all find, keep an eye on critical race theory, things like that, that may be being taught. But really the focus ought to be, what's the budget? How many training dollars do we have? What about ammunition? What about all the missiles that they're firing in the Ukraine now that came from the heart of the U.S. Army and the other services? And when you start adding that up, you say, well, okay, we're gonna cut the defense budget. I don't think so. If you do, you're not gonna be able to replenish those arms. We need to do that. Second thing we need to do in that regard is to make sure, you you mentioned earlier in our discussions that we're having a problem meeting recruiting goals. Yes. Okay. The major reason we have a problem recruiting is we got too many fat kids. We have young people that are not fit enough to even come in the Army. We also spent two years without those kids going to school. Yes. You think they can pass the the uh, arm the AFT or any of those kinds of tests? A lot of them cannot. we have not had that problem before. We have it now, so we're going to have to really focus. I know the army has taken some steps to try to correct that by bringing people in without signing them up until they can right. meet certain standards, including intellectual standards. And so,
0: standards are good. They so, are right? for the ones who are going crazy. You know about listen to what he's saying. It's like anything else. When you apply you for bet. a job, you need to be ready for that job and prepared for that job. There was a time, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you used to dress up the fly, you know, that you didn't get on an airplane in your underwear and <laughs> <laughs> so. Or your I'm, pajamas. Or your pajamas. So now just well, let's look at it in terms of that. We used to have the best and the brightest. The men who were clean shaven, clean cut, educated, fierce, ferocious, and ready with a sense of patriotism to defend this wonderful nation. And now we just have people kind of rolling out of bed and, you know, does this pay for the college I'm not going to do so I can get a degree in Taylor Swift, you know, and these kinds we, we have to, to be able to have these discussions guys. And our military readiness has to do with each and every one of these soldiers who wears this uniform.
2: Yeah. And the Army won't take them if they can't get close so that we can bring them along and qualify them. So, like I said, we almost lost the Army at the end of Vietnam. We're not, this is a really fine Army. The people that are in there now are darn good. And they meet these standards. And so we put them through a lot over this COVID period, just like everybody's been through a lot. So, we ought to take a deep breath. Get back to focus on training. If you drive by Fort Hood, stay in a motel, and you don't hear the guns shooting out there, then you ought to be worried. Correct. And and it worries me. I live close to there now on a cattle ranch, and so uh, I'm, uh, I'm very cognizant of that. We really need to focus on what the Army is supposed to do, what the Air Force, the Marines, the Navy, let them focus on the things that they need to do. And let's not let them get wrapped around the axle on some of these other things.
0: Correct, including the social. So, in that vein, I just want to hit on a point that you were so graciously point out: the downsizing, any demoralizing, the changes that have come that are not good to our military forces, have been coming from bureaucrats. They're coming from True. politicians. They're not coming from people who are uniform suited up, ready to defend this country. They are coming from politicians who are out there, you know, making backdoor deals. And have you ever had military people that want to cut military budgets? It's always the politicians who don't see the benefit in having a robust and and strong and prepared military. Because nobody seems to appreciate the military more except for when the communism shows up. Yep. You know, and it's
2: too late and particularly in this day and age. And, and so what, what you've said is exactly right. Let's let's get focused on what it is. It's training, readiness of the systems that you have. Can all your airplanes fly? Can all your helicopters? What about the guns? Will they shoot? That sounds simple. It's not, and it's expensive. Don't get me wrong, but I believe I believe this in my heart. You can have a sort of mediocre army for about the same price as you can have an outstanding army. I don't think it costs that much more. You mentioned morale, very important. Do we think we're the best in the world? Don't go around beating your chest. Just prove it. We, right. we had a little saying in the Third Armored Division, talking ain't fighting. <laughs>
0: That's and, right.
2: and you know what? After it was over, a couple of guys said something. I said, yep, you can talk now. If you can do it, you can brag, but don't wait too long. I think we got about 3 weeks and then we better get after it again because somebody else is going to be looking at us to maybe fight us but certainly to
0: challenge us.
2: Don't let
0: down. That's right. Don't get and they need to hear that patriots need to hear it now. So I want to ask you <laughs> in that vein. We're going to we're going to get to it. So for our second amendment people out there which should be everybody the constitution protects and I'm one of those people. You know, they're saying right now that Biden is calling for he just this morning calling for a ban on assault weapons (laughs) to say this with a straight face. We need a ban on Joe Biden. Okay, but they want a ban on assault. Can you please? I would like to say, but I want people to hear this from a decorated military professional. What is an assault weapon?
2: Well, an assault weapon is something like you would arm your soldiers with at the squad level in an infantry unit. In the U.S. Army, those weapons can either fire semi-automatic or full-automatic. People are trained to use them in both cases and both ways. And so, an automatic weapon is sort of basic to an assault weapon. I don't think that that uh, the rifles you see people carry to deer hunt today and that sort of thing that are not automatic; those are not assault weapons in that in the definition of it.
0: It's a terminology they like to rope, it isn't is. it? But it can is. we also clarify that when the these rights, the Second Amendment was written, we didn't hadn't just finished deer hunting. Okay. We had True. just finished liberating a country. And can you just confirm with all your experience if the bullets come out slower from a pistol than they do from a rifle?
2: <laughs> well, in fact, they do. That's exactly <laughs> that right. That makes the
0: left that makes the left feel better, but at the end of the oh, okay. day, I didn't know, that's you know what we were after, <laughs> It makes okay. it feel better because they come out slower. But um, and and Joe Biden, more time for the ice cream, less time for the bullet. So we have to. Uh, but the end of the day, the Second Amendment is absolute. It says shall not be infringed. It says not if it's 2023. Not if the left says it's a bad idea. Not if. Joe Biden got irritated before his diaper changed. They are saying that the second amendment is absolute. That is, and those are rights that you fought for, sir.
2: I, I would point that out, that we did in fact fight for those rights as written from the beginning. And uh, in the end, a soldier fights really for his left and right, for one another. And so we we, we set a standard A performance, and I'm proud to say in the 1st Squadron, 9th Cavalry in Vietnam, I was the A Troop Commander, as well as in the Spearhead Division in Desert Storm. We fight, though ultimately, for one another. That means we're fighting for the people of the United States, and for, sure, the documents, the flag, and so on. But the truth of it is, is what we want is for everyone to enjoy the rights they were given under the Constitution of the United States, and we'll defend that. And we give up certain rights to do that, as you know, as your mother knows very well. Speaking out, for instance, going political, saying the kinds of things that soldiers should not say and are not allowed to say. And when you come to that, protection of things like classified documents.
0: Who, so yes, and you have had, I'm sure, very top-level security clearance, my parents, worked out of the Pentagon and had Mm -hmm. them as well. Uh, And I would just like to clarify for the people out there, the number of times that you stored your classified documents that you had access to in your garage is how many, approximately?
2: (laughs) That would be zero. Uh, Absolutely none. Number of
0: times your son studied classified documents Mm -hmm. in the garage. Anybody getting this? And the number of times that I came across my parents in any classified documents in my house. Of
2: course not. Yeah, uh, this is, I mean, Paul commanded all of the uh, troops in Iraq when we finally took out ISIS. He was at that time the commander of that element. And uh, I think there were 71 or 72 nations in that coalition. A tremendous responsibility, tremendous force of folks from all over the world. None of them, by the way, would have done that. None of them would have felt like they could take a classified document somewhere. Now, people can say, well, yeah, but they don't really tell anybody that much. Individually, maybe not. But who cares? The law is, this is what you do. And if you don't do that, you're going to be fired. You're going to be court-martialed. You're going to end up in jail.
0: But there is a security risk. People are, you know, Absolutely. well, Trump took a little and he you know, took a lot and he took a little. Yeah. It's protocol. The reason that those documents are classified is because they're only supposed to be seen by certain eyes. Right. And they are supposed to be handled and disposed of. So the ends don't justify the mi- the No, means. they Wrong don't. is wrong, nope. is wrong, is wrong. And that's important. And I'm glad... To hear you say that because it, it's important for we don't get distracted keep your eyes on the ball it doesn't matter who's doing it it protocol has to be followed procedure has to be followed yep. and i want to say this as we kind of you know wrap up and i pick your brain but people say that we're headed you know to war civil uprising many people don't even know what that means but could you give a word look in the camera and give a word of encouragement to the patriots who are from their general what do we need to do now to get mm-hmm. america back on track
2: everybody's got to have his or her own definition of being back on track. Let me say that first of all. That's the privilege we have. That's why I've always believed since I was a pretty young guy that the collective wisdom of the citizens of this country is better than anything that can come from a single general or from the Congress or the president. I really strongly, or the Supreme Court for that matter, I really believe that the collective wisdom of our people is very, very sound. So I wanna say that from the beginning. I would also say though that, that for us to succeed, we have to all be allowed to speak our minds and to disagree without violence, without taking advantage of somebody else. I just, I feel that deeply. And I believe, now, I will tell you this, we had a lot tougher time in the late 60s in this country than we've had even with those stupid riots uh, last year, when Antifa was going off with and doing the things that they were doing out in, particularly on the West Coast, which has always been kind of a very nice place. I liked it out there, was at Fort Lewis a couple times. Now Seattle, kind of a mess. Now Portland, kind of a mess. That's because of lawlessness and a small group taking advantage of the larger group without any kind of, seemingly, without any kind of problem. That's just wrong. You cannot you cannot have that kind of anarchy and exist as a nation. You can't. Correct. So, okay, I disagree with some people. They disagree with me. If you're in the army, you give an order, people march. That's the way it is. I marched and fought with the spearhead division in the deserts of Mesopotamia, as a matter of fact. And in fact, that was a great victory for our soldiers. And I want to say that it's all of our people, whatever color, whatever race, whatever their proclivity for Ali, people ought to be left alone to do that. But together, together we have to be able to pull together for certain things. World War II, desert storm, if you will, I think that's the those are examples where we were successful finally. But let's not be unready next time either.
0: And let's also, if for those who've been watching our podcast, you got two people on the stage who are fighting. One has fought, one is fighting for your right to disagree. But yes. right being the operative point. Now before we take it out, I'd like to so you are working now with um, I want you to tell our listeners and our viewers about the uh, Mounted Warfare.
2: Sure. We have built a phase one of the museum called the National Mounted Warrior Museum. And this is all about those kinds of young people. And some of us may be a little older, but let's talk about the real fighters, those that carry the short swords. That's what we're doing, building a museum right outside the gate of Fort Hood. You can, we'll open it next summer. We've already got, as I said, phase one done.
0: And you're doing bricks for, so you can buy a a ceremonial brick, which I have done for both my parents. I encourage you to do that. We're going to put the website up there, but you're buying a brick. We're supporting veterans. We're honoring their memory. We We are are going to do that. And General Funk, it is truly my honor to have you on the show today, Patriots. I, I promised you it was going to be epic This is how we do it. Straight from the front lines, real generals fighting a real war that we really can win. Don't give up. We've got this.
1: Make your Yuletide memories huge this Christmas with the tweeter of the free world, Covfefe Table Book. The perfect gift for all seasons. Retweet to a simpler time when our flag had only three colors, schools had two genders, the border was real, and inflation was reserved for party balloons celebrating low crime, low taxes, and affordable food and gas for all. Now you can reminisce over the good old days when our only issues were Russia, fake news, witch hunts, and crooked Hillary. The Tweeter of the free world has all of Trump's greatest tweets, including Benghazi, fake news, Barack Obama, and who could forget Little Rocket Man?
2: But it is much bigger and more powerful one than his, and my button works.
1: The Covfefe Table Book will be cherished for generations. Relive the greatest tweets of all time by the greatest president of all time. Go to thetweeterofthefreeworld.com now to get your copy for the low price of $39.99.
0: Make your Christmas great again. Thanks again, Patriots, for joining us for this episode of Raven's Radar. I hope you enjoyed having General Funk on there, our real frontline fighter, real military men. They don't make them like that anymore, but we can again. So it's going to be great. Feel free to reach out to me for what's going on and how we're going to combat it. I'm at ravenharrison.com or you can reach me on social media, Raven, the conservative warrior. We also have a site for the podcast, Raven's Radar, and we've got the book Raven's Mantle coming out shortly. Go to ravenharrison.com for details. Patriots, we've got this. We were made for a a time such as this, and we can do it. We'll see you next time.